Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hi folks, welcome to the A Minute to Midnight show. This is Tony coming to you from New Zealand and with me on the show I have Leo Hyman. Leo's been a guest on the A Minute to Midnight show several times now and um, I always learn something and I've thoroughly enjoyed our previous conversations. I'm sure this one will be no be, uh, no different. So welcome, Leo. Thanks for having me back, Tony. That's all good. So... We were going to look at a few of your new articles. Perhaps you want to just tell the listeners where they can find your articles first. Absolutely. Uh, I'm online at leohoman.com. Uh, I'm also on Telegram at author slash journalist. Uh, and I just opened to started a new Rumble channel that where people can see all of my recent interviews. Uh, this one will be posted there as well uh, as soon as you get it ready to go. Sounds good. Okay, so one article that I wanted to start off with, which I thought was very good that you've written on your website, was uh, titled Global Central Banks Racing to Implement digital currencies as cities convert to smart infrastructure track and control grid being erected right under our noses and just um, a little bit in your article was quite a way down in the article you said this remember what globalist economist Pippa Malmgren said at the world government summit in March of this year when she said the quiet part out loud stating we are on the brink of a dramatic change where we are about to, and I'll say this boldly, we are about to abandon the traditional system of money and accounting and introduce a new one. And the new one, the new accounting, is what we call blockchain. It means digital, it means having an almost perfect record of every single transaction that happens in the economy, which will give us far greater clarity over what's going on. So there, yeah. Yeah, far greater clarity over what's going on with everybody's spending habits, everybody's uh, freedom of movement. They want to track and monitor everybody's movement, Tony, as well as their spending habits. Why? So they can find out how uh, how climate-friendly your particular lifestyle is is or is not and then they can assign a social credit score based on that on your behavior patterns um they're not just collecting all this data you know to amuse themselves and say oh look where tony is is traveling once a week and oh let's see where is tony spending his money isn't that cool uh oh oh tony just bought another gun last week um 
or, or Tony's Tony seems to buy an awful lot of petrol. Uh, where is he going? You know, this is not what it's all about. The reason they are collecting this data is so that they can change, influence, and change our behavior. Now, how are they going to do that? They can't really do it right now because we have uh, paper money. We can spend that money wherever we want, however much we want, uh, and nobody can really track it. Uh, we also don't have digital IDs. But once we get the digital ID, which is coming into play through the vaccine passports, digital health passports, COVID passports, whatever you want to call them, and then we get the digital money, why then it becomes quite easy to track and monitor everything that's going on in the economy and to go ahead and implement that social credit scoring system like what they have in China. That's the end game here. Uh, that is the goal. That is what they're all hoping to get accomplished, I think, by the end of uh, 2023, 2024 at the latest. Um, they've been talking about, well, they're already got tons of pilot programs going around the world, the different central banks. And the most recent one is uh, was announced by the Central Bank of Nigeria. Now, it's interesting. You could read about this article in Fox News and find out that they're limiting cash withdrawals starting the first of next year, which is only a couple weeks away now, believe it or not. Uh, the Central Bank of Nigeria says that you'll only be able to withdraw about 40, a limit of $45 per day and $220 per week in cash in that country. So you could read about that in Fox News. You didn't need leohoman.com to tell you that. However, this is where it gets interesting. And I didn't know this when I first read the article last week in Fox News. I had to start researching a little bit on my own. And I come to find out that Nigeria is one of just nine countries in the entire world that already has a digital currency. The problem is, like what's going to be the problem with all digital currencies, is hardly anybody likes it and not a, nearly enough people are using it. And so what are they going to do in order to force people into this digital money platform? They're going to do what Nigeria announced last week, the Central Bank of Nigeria limit the amount of cash that will be in circulation so that people will be forced to use the digital tokens. And as Rebecca Walzer said, uh, she is an economist and a uh, more of a financial an analyst and financial planner than an economist. She has said in recent interview with uh, a friend of mine, Brandon House, that it's really not even accurate or fair to refer to these as digital money because it's not money in the traditional sense. Money is a store of value. And if you have this store of value uh, and you can build wealth, that's money. But that's not what they have planned for us in this new world order uh, in which they're getting all of the nations of the world to create digitized tokens. This isn't money. This is more like vouchers, tokens, 
which they can turn on or turn off depending on your social credit score, or they can limit where exactly these tokens will be uh, accepted. And so we're starting to get a clearer view as this moves forward exactly how these central banks intend to use this digital money system to manipulate and control us. Well, it's interesting too because um, I don't know how many of our listeners and viewers have seen the, I think, 15 or 13 minute clip, or I can't remember exactly what how long it was, from Oxford, England. Um, World Economic Forum's smart cities, you know, that they're bringing in and they've got them in, it's starting in Australia and various places where they call them 15 minute cities or in parts of Australia, I think they're calling them 20 minute cities. Um, but basically, the oh, they're called city them of, twenty minute cities. I think in some part of Australia, in Australia, yeah, it's twenty minute. I think I'm trying to remember where it is. Melbourne, maybe. Um, so fifteen minute cities, and well, perhaps you maybe you, you can explain what this is. It's uh, people will be, I think, shocked if they realise what's going on in Oxfordshire in England, and it's really a blueprint for all of us for the future. Well, here's how the boffins explain it. Every resident will be required to register their car with the county council, who will then monitor how many times they leave their district via number plate recognition cameras. People can drive freely around their own neighbourhood and must apply for a permit to drive through the filters and into other neighbourhoods, which they can apply to for up to 100 days per year. The council will then track their movements via smart cameras positioned all around the city. If any of Oxford's 150,000 residents drives outside of their designated district more than 100 days in the year, he or she can be fined $150 a pop. Now, think about how easily we motorists and pedestrians are hurdled around like sheep in our own cities. How often the concrete and plastic barriers suddenly appear out of nowhere. Notice how you can barely find anywhere to park in Sydney CBD these days, and how instead there's all these empty bike lanes for miles and miles that have taken over so much space on our roads, and yet completely empty because even the cyclists hardly ever use them. So what exactly is a 15-minute city? The term was coined in 2016 by Sorbonne, Sorbonne professor Carlos Marino, who was given a Nobel Award in 2021 for developing his idea. I'll bet he was. The lovies lapped it up. Quote, a truly livable and sustainable urban future that places each global citizen at the heart of their own city, was the gushing blurb. When they say places each global citizen at the heart of their own city, of course, I suspect what they really mean is imprisons each global citizen within five kilometres of their own home. Unsurprisingly, we find the concept enthusiastically being sold by Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum. The same mob who hope that by 2030 you will own nothing and you will be happy. Yeah, uh, the Oxfordshire City Council approved this 15-minute city pilot program starting in 2024, where they want to start experimenting with uh, just how 
it would be to uh, work out a 15-minute city, meaning that uh, people would be limited. I don't know exactly how they're going to enforce this, although they do indicate that there would be some penalty for violating it, where people would be limited to uh, moving, a, their, their freedom of movement would be limited to within a 15-minute walk or bicycle ride from their homes, meaning, and, and to get, per, you would have to get special permission to drive a vehicle outside of that 15-minute zone, as I understand it. Um, it's very controversial. A lot of people don't even believe that it's real. But you can go on the World Economic Forum website and see where they're talking about 15-minute cities. And you can go on uh, other websites and find out where the Oxfordshire City Council definitely did agree to be a participant as uh, one of the UK's first 15-minute cities. Uh, exactly how it works out between now and 2024 when they try to enact this remains to be seen, but that city council is on record in favor of this and stating that it is something they want to develop starting in 2024. And they don't really care what the people think. I, I, I remember hearing that in that video. Basically, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter whether the population wants it or not. They basically said they're going to do it. Absolutely. And I've got a video, an excellent video by... Neil McCoy Ward at the end of that article that we were just talking about on the global central banks racing to implement digital currencies as cities convert to smart infrastructure. Uh, if you scroll down to the end of that uh, article, you will be able to watch an excellent 13-minute video, not very long, uh, laying out the details on these 15-minute cities. It's it's all about limiting people's travel and their quote CO2 footprint, their carbon footprint. Um, this is where we're heading. This is, <coughs> as I've written in the recent past, uh, Tony, I believe this is the new world religion coming into being. It's a form of earth, earth worship, which really harkens back to ancient paganism, where we worship the created things as opposed to the creator. Um, that seems to be where we're heading. And when you see people like Pope Francis and even the Muslim leaders getting on board with this thing, it really does uh, get a little creepy because these are religious leaders who are supposed to be representing uh, their traditional faith as written in the, in, in the Bible. And if you're Muslim, you would refer to the Quran. Uh, which I believe is a, a false uh, prophecy, but it is believed by millions, tens of millions of Muslims around the world. So why would you, if you were a leader of that faith, or if you were a leader of the Catholic faith or the Christian faith, why would you want to steer your followers uh, towards something that is totally pagan in nature, uh, you know, this earth worship and this idea that carbon is bad, you know, we're made, human beings are made of carbon, uh, animals are made of carbon, plants need carbon to grow, um, carbon dioxide, without enough carbon dioxide, plant life 
in the entire world comes under threat of not being able to thrive. And when that happens, we have what's called famine and starvation. Of course, that seems to be what the World Economic Forum cronies want to bring upon the earth. If you look at uh, the puppet governments who have these young global leaders leading their their national governments, Young Global Leaders is the program uh, by Klaus Schwab where they teach leaders of all the different nations to be globalist in their outlook. Uh, take the Netherlands, for yeah, instance. Yeah, I was just going to say that that's a perfect yeah. example. Right. Just last week, they announced that they're going to shut down 3,000 farms. Yeah, They're going to buy them out, force them to sell their land, and shut them down. And the Netherlands now, is, you know, the uh, I think the most, but after the United States, the, um, the country that exports the most agricultural products in the world. And um, they've got the, it down to a T, you know, the the way they yes. farm things. And, of course, now they're saying, well, that nitrogen is a problem. So we have to get rid of all these farmers using nitrogen fertilizer and so on. And um, if you tell them that, you know, the atmosphere is made up of 85% nitrogen, they'll just tell you you're a climate change denier, <laughs> you know. But it's, right. you know. Well, they've got, you know, so, right. So the farms that they don't close down, shut down in the Netherlands, they're going to make less productive. Exactly, yeah. Why? Because they won't be able to use modern farming methods, which involves using nitrogen fertilizers. Um, they say, uh, you know, that... Uh, they also want to call the herds of cattle and uh, sheep and pigs and goats and chickens. Um, it is an absolute war on food. And, you know, why do we have a war on food? Why do we have governments shutting down farms and governments, like in the United States, paying farmers to not farm certain tracts of land? And... In other countries like the Netherlands and Canada and Belgium, they're 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 forcing them to use uh, 50, 40 to fifty percent less nitrogen fertilizer. Uh, why would we be pursuing policies like that, especially at a time like this? It would be different if maybe if we were in a period of overabundance of food, but we're already suffering this world of ours from uh, shortages of food. And, uh, and, and so it makes no sense on its face. And when something, I don't know about you, Tony, but when something makes no logical sense on its face, I need to, I, I tend to um, dig a little deeper. And then you find out, oh, wait a minute. These same people, these World Economic Forum stooges uh, and, the, and their overlords, you know, People like Klaus Schwab and uh, Bill Gates and Noah Yuval Harari, they're all concerned about one thing above all else. What is that? Overpopulation. We've talked about this before, how they always seem to be talking about we have too many people on the planet. Um, and in order to save the planet, we need to reduce the number of people. Okay, so that, I just want to. Yep, I'm going to interrupt here and say, folks, I think 
where we're going to go a, a, a fair bit in the rest of this show will not be YouTube friendly. It'll just get banned. So if you're watching on YouTube up to this far, this is the end of the line. Um, if you want to watch the rest of our interview, then go to a minute to midnight.com or else my our, our a minute to midnight Rumble channel or BitChute channel or Leo Hyman will have it on his um, Rumble channel as well. So that's it for the YouTube video, but there's a lot of hard-hitting stuff to come, so make sure if you're watching on YouTube, you flick over to the other places to see the rest of the video. So, okay, carry on, Leo. Yeah, well, I mean, that's about all I really wanted to say about that article uh, concerning the global central banks rushing towards digital currencies, uh, other than the fact that the United States also, our central bank, which is known as the Federal Reserve, announced uh, in late November or mid-November that uh, it, it, had, it had launched a pilot program with six of the largest corporate banks to uh, test out a digital currency here in the United States and that that pilot program will go on for 12 weeks. So when we see all of these test runs going on, all of these dry runs, uh, that should be a red flag for us that this thing is coming down the pike maybe sooner than we even thought. Maybe, uh, you know, Rebecca Walzer, that financial analyst I was referring to earlier, she predicts that there will be uh, a full-fledged digital dollar launched by April, uh, by uh, May of next year, May of 2023. And when that happens, I think uh, most of the other currencies will fall like dominoes. Yeah, I think you're right. So now you mentioned overpopulation and depopulation. Um, before we get into your latest article, which is about the um, U.S. Constitution, I think maybe we should have a quick flick over to the soccer journalist Grant Wall died suddenly uh -huh. while covering the World Cup. He bragged about being vaxxed, and his physician wife publicly rebuked anti-vaxxers. Now, you won't hear that in the mainstream media. Do you want to elaborate a little bit? Yeah. I mean, this is a really unbelievable story as I was uh, researching it over the weekend and, and, and finding out that the mainstream media is just hush-hush silent on the backstory, the nitty-gritty, dirty little backstory, which is this soccer journalist's wife is a physician, a medical doctor, who served on Joe Biden's transition team and is one of the has been one of the big pushers of the unsafe and ineffective COVID vaccine. In fact, uh, she's even testified before Congress how people who don't get the vaccine and tell others not to get it should be removed from Facebook, Twitter, and all the other social media platforms. It doesn't get any more rich than this. Here you have a woman pushing this deadly jab, uh, obviously probably encouraged her own husband to get it. Uh, and so he gets jabbed. Maybe he gets boosted too, although I don't know if he was boosted. We do know for a fact, unlike many of the other died suddenlies, we do know that Grant Wall was in fact vaccinated. Why? Because he bragged about it online. 
in his Twitter posts. Uh, and so, but we don't know if he was also boosted. I wish I could find that out. Uh, but here he just dies suddenly while covering the World Cup in uh, Qatar. Qatar, however you pronounce it. Um, and she goes online, this is strange, and says, quote, I am so thankful for the support of my husband, Grant Wall's soccer family, and of so many friends who've reached out tonight. I'm in complete shock. Well, number one, she shouldn't be in complete shock, because if she's a medical doctor, she ought to know that you don't push you don't push a pharmaceutical product that you cannot even identify what the ingredients are, okay? Let's start right there. And you also don't push a pharmaceutical product that has a sketchy background in terms of the trials and covering up the data from the trials, the Pfizer information and all of that, which was only turned over under court order. Pfizer wanted to keep it hidden for 75 years from the public. And so this woman, I'm sorry, to me, that just rings hollow. Who goes online anyway, you know, right after their spouse dies and puts out a statement like that? The man wasn't even, uh, you know, he his body wasn't even cold yet. And she's going online thanking the soccer family and so many friends who've reached out tonight. Uh, you know, it, it just smacks me as strange. And uh, then when you find out her background, it becomes even more strange. This woman was all in with the killer vaccines. Yeah, and I see a second journalist has died at the, covering the soccer as well. Now, I don't know anything about that one, but the fact is that we're hearing just about every day some new thing like this where people are dying unexpectedly yes. and suddenly. And it's like, come on, folks. Put two and two together. It doesn't matter what the mainstream media is telling you not to think. It should be pretty obvious that something has changed. They're either dying or or being harmed, collapsing and having cardiac, you know, events, blood clots. Um, there's another one I just saw today. Well, there was several just over the weekend, mostly athletes. There was a uh, female basketball player at University of Tennessee, uh, Tamari Key, I believe is her name, never missed a game in her four-year basketball career at University of Tennessee. So one of the healthiest members of the entire female basketball team, they announced that she has a blood clot in her lungs and will have to miss the rest of the season. Um, there was a uh, just today, another football player. Let me see if I can find his name. Um, just today. Oh, let's see. Here it is. University of Central Florida football player and Massachusetts native Jake Hescock died, oh, he died, he didn't just have an event, died suddenly on Tuesday, according to his family. Hescock, 25, collapsed while jogging in Boston last week. His cousin, Lisa Waltz, Messerziak, wrote on a Facebook group dedicated to him. And uh, 
Yeah. So there was an NBA player who missed the entire season this year, also with blood clots. Uh, it just goes on and on. Every day we hear about another one. And so, yeah, it's it's very sad, Tony. Yes, it certainly is. And it's being suppressed. That's the worst thing is that you can't come out and say this. Like I say, we get it banned if we put this on YouTube for COVID misinformation and vaccine misinformation and so on. But it's becoming so obvious you're not going to be able to hide it soon. But I just want to now flick across to briefly to your third article, which is pretty much new. And... Um, you titled the article, The Single Most Distressing Question No One Wants to Contemplate. Has the U.S. Constitution already been terminated? And way down in the article, I just want to read a bit of it, which I thought was a pretty good introduction, actually, to the whole thing. We are no longer presumed innocent. The burden of proof has been reversed. Now we are presumed guilty unless we can prove our innocence beyond reasonable doubt in a court of law. Rarely are we even given the opportunity to do so. The government has embarked upon a diabolical campaign to create a nation of suspects predicated on a mass national DNA database. Having already used surveillance technology to render the entire Amer American populace potential suspects, DNA technology in the hands of the government coupled with artificial intelligence will complete our transition to a suspect society in which we are all merely waiting to be matched up with a crime. I thought that's brilliant um, and so yes. true. And of course, it won't just be America, as you say, it'll be global. Right, uh, yeah, when America falls, the rest will fall uh, quickly. The rest, in fact, it's already falling. Um, some of the things I see going on in uh, Canada and Australia, particularly, mm. <laughs> just really shock me. Um, those are those countries seem to be already heading for full-on uh, totalitarianism. Yeah. And this article, we should mention that this article with an introduction by myself was written by John Whitehead, and he is the longtime president and founder of the Rutherford Institute. He's a constitutional attorney uh, who has taken many cases to the U.S. Supreme Court, and uh, he is also authored many books. One book that I found particularly interesting, written by John Whitehead, uh, is one uh, battlefield, he mentions it in this article. Uh, here it is. Uh, battlefield America, the war on the American people. And then also, this is the book that I recently read, the fictional counterpart of Battlefield, battlefield America, which is titled The Eric Blair Diaries. I recommend everybody get their hands on a copy of the Eric Blair Diaries. Uh, I read it uh, six, seven, eight months ago, earlier, early this year. And uh, since I read that book, I'm much more tuned into technology and how it's being used to enslave us. And you see many of the things that he wrote about in that book, which it came out last year, 2021, I believe. So that means he probably did most of the writing in 2020 because it takes a long time when you write a book, you know, to, to not, not only finish the writing and editing, but also get it into print. And so for a book that was written in 2020, 
There are a lot of things that uh, he saw coming then that weren't actually out there uh, and in your face, but now they are. And I'm going to give you a good example. The uh, San Francisco City Council recently considered a, adopting a bill, and I believe they actually did adopt it, but now they're trying to walk back support for it because it's so mm-hmm. controversial. And that is to allow armed robots, robots armed with firearms, deadly firearms, to uh, go into public places and fire on civilians. This is this is so creepy and so dangerous. Uh, a lot of uh, Bad publicity, I guess, has got them to maybe reconsider. I hope they reconsider because this would be a really bad precedent. Um, We've already had law enforcement, local law enforcement, use robots a lot, uh, you know, to go in and do things that um, the actual physical officers, human officers, I should say, are, you know, would be too dangerous and too risky to do, like, uh, you know, go in and disarm or, you know, take out a, a undetonated bomb or something like that. But they're moving into a whole new realm when they talk about arming the robots and authorizing them to fire on civilians. That's I, really I don't know if you ever saw the video from China, a propaganda video a few months ago where they had drones and they showed a drone yes. coming in and dropping a dog with a robot, a, a robot dog with a, a gun on it. And, you know, right. so, I mean, this is where it's going or potentially well, you could would, go. You, yeah, you would expect it in China, but now it's starting to be, uh, th- see, this is the problem. Government officials and I, I'm government leaders, government elected leaders, whatever you want to refer to them in as, I use all those terms loosely because I don't think they're leaders. They're, I don't think they're legitimate leaders. I think they're tyrants when they look over at China and they say, gee, I sure wish we had those tools and we could use them here in America or here in New Zealand or Australia or Canada or Germany or Italy or the UK. Uh, And that's what we see happening. This technology is out there. The technology companies whether they be from Silicon Valley or elsewhere, are more than happy to sell this technology to tyrannical governments. Uh, you know, you mentioned the swarming drones. That's another thing that was brought uh, was was brought to bear in that novel, The Eric Blair Diaries by John Whitehead. Uh, he also talks about brain chip implants. Well, what do we see Elon Musk mm. and people like that working towards uh, with his Neuralink brain mm. implant, which he says will be uh, available for human trials sometime next year? So this technology is moving. It's already at a very scary uh, place, but it's moving very, very quickly uh, into f- uncharted waters. Yeah, and of course, Elon Musk has his um, uh, Skynet, I, I beg, beg your pardon, Starlink system to go along with his brain chips and electronic yeah. vehicles and all that. It's like, man, this is moving fast. And don't 
don't trust Elon Musk simply because he seems to be pushing forth for free speech. There's an and agenda. It's also interesting now that you bring that up. I don't trust him either. <clears throat> but it's also interesting that he received the majority of his financing to buy Twitter from Chinese entities. Mm, that is very so maybe maybe we're looking at a uh, some sort of false flag here where maybe Elon Musk really isn't all about free speech and uh, you know democracy like he says he is. Yeah, I wouldn't trust that man in a Baphomet suit that he wears on his profile picture and <laughs> you know no no way. Okay, so we've covered it a fair bit. Have you got any last thoughts that you'd like to um, bring out before we close up, Leo? Uh, no, I just want to thank you for uh, having me on again, Tony. And uh, I enjoyed our conversation. And I want to invite everybody to watch it on your channels as well as uh, on my new Rumble channel. So what's it, your uh, new Rumble okay. channel called? I believe it's just Leo Homan, my name. Okay. L-E-O-H-O-H-M-A-N-N. And just uh, everybody stay strong, stay in the word, uh, and pray for discernment. We're going to need a lot of that moving forward. Absolutely, totally agree. Well, thank you, Leo. Thank you, Tony. And folks, don't forget to visit a minutetomidnight.com, our website, where you'll find all of our articles and shows and so forth. When you can't find them in other places, they'll always be there on our website. Um, we also have, obviously, a YouTube channel, Rumble channel, BitChute channel, and an Apple podcast channel as well. But uh, make sure you subscribe to us at our website primarily. And A Minute to Midnight is run 100% by donations. Uh, it's always massively appreciated when people do donate to us. Um, so thank you to the folks that do help us out. Um, and you, if you want to, you can do that by donating at aminutetomidnight.com. And the music used I've written, played and recorded. And that's free for download at our website as well. Well, God bless folks and stay safe. And God willing, we'll be back with another video in a few days' time. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.